What a blessing to have you join us today. Effective witnessing is a priority and responsibility of every child of God. In fact, he commands us to do so. In order for us to be bold witnesses for the kingdom of God, we must continually fast and pray, meditate on his word, study the scriptures, seek God's guidance and wisdom, steadfastly obey his will and carry out his calling upon our lives. Listen closely with Bible, pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander reminds us of the priority of radical witnessing for the cause of Christ. Have Bible, pen and paper handy. Let's pray. And Father, we do bless your name. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for this new day. And help us to preach in a way that would bless your name. I can't do this without you. Speak through me, your servant, to those in-persons, to those who viewing online and Facebook or however way or whatever means. And uh, we pray that you would help them as well to stay focused and attuned and undistracted from hearing, thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. Have your Bibles. We're going to transition. We've been dealing with prayer. We've been dealing with the components of the early church, and today we're going to look at witnessing, which is another key component of the early New Testament church. Uh, if you turn your Bibles to Acts 1-8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you'll find a very familiar passage of Scripture, and you're gonna, this is going to be just resonating over and over in this message Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me, Christ, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want to preach from this message, and it'll carry over into next week as well. Christ commissions his church to be radical witnesses for him. Christ commissions his church to be radical witnesses for him. As we look around our nation and world, we see corruption. You don't have to look very far to see violence and natural disasters. We see political correctness, the cancel culture that wants to destroy everything offensive to them. We see racial unrest around us, protests, anarchy, Antifa, crimes against humanity, abortion. We see sexual immorality, scandals in high places of government. Then there's drug abuse, suicide, and so much more. As a result, this sad state of our nation should awaken every believer to make witnessing for Christ a priority, which was commanded by our Lord just before the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Let me say this. The last thing the Lord did before leaving this earth was to commission his disciples to be witnesses for him. That's the very last thing he did. He commissioned his disciples, to be witnesses for him. He said in Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me, the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jerusalem, in your home place and in all Judea, a little further out, Samaria, a little further out and to the end of the earth, everywhere. Witnessing is so essential because it was our Lord's very last words before being lifted up into heaven uh, in his glorified body on a glory cloud. Can you imagine that? He, he leaves the Great Commission with the disciples. A cloud comes around his glorified body and then lifts them off planet Earth and he goes up and up and up until he is seen anymore. But before he went up, he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Witnessing is so essential because it was our Lord's very last words before he was lifted up to heaven in his glorified body on a glory cloud. What an incredible sight to behold. Notice the mandate to witness start in Jerusalem. It's spread abroad to the ends of the earth. What is this saying? The gospel of Jesus Christ knows no boundaries. It starts at home and spread abroad to the uttermost part of the earth, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, uh, God holds us responsible as believers to share the gospel regardless of age, socioeconomic status, regardless of our position, and even to people we deem unworthy to receive Christ because of their indescribable, devious, wicked behavior. There are, some, there are people who have committed such atrocious, diabolical act until uh, the truth be told, there are some believers don't want to see certain people saved because of the heinous acts they have done. Our Lord did not give birth to the church to promote worldly organizations. Let me say that again. Our Lord did not give birth to the church for us to be extremists and to be carried away with with worldly organizations such as the Masonic Lodge. That should not be our priority. Our priority is not sororities and fraternities. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm in one too. Our priority is not to be in country clubs. It's, it's not Black Lives Matter. Our priority is not political parties. Our priority is not labor union. Our priority as a church is not sports organization. Our priority is not the NRA, the NEA, the ACLU, or PETA, the animal rights group, to name a few, and all the likes. Beloved, all other organizations and movements pale in comparison to the church and the advancement of the gospel of Christ because every human organization is only temporal and will soon pass away. But the Lord's church of which Christ is the great head is the bride of Christ. 
She is supernatural in origin. She transcends time and she will, she will be in heaven with her bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. No other organization can say that. Throughout all eternity, the church will be with the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. The church in Jerusalem stayed with the Great Commission and refused to allow themselves to be swayed by any other worldly organizations. Even if their motives were noble, because unlike other organizations, the church was initiated and birthed by Christ. The church is a living organism and is inherently supernatural and is spiritual to advance the kingdom of God on earth. You can't say that about no other earthly organization. Our divine assignment is to be a witness for Christ and help people see the urgency of being part of a good, healthy, well-balanced Bible teaching church which has the greatest mission on earth. The church has the greatest mission on earth. You need to write that down because sometimes we forget that and we put other organizations ahead of the mission of the church. The the church has the greatest mission on planet earth. And when you subjugate the church to worldly organizations, you have created a terrible mistake. When the church deviates from her kingdom agenda, she becomes misdirected and loses her sense of purpose. When the church deviates from the agenda of Christ, she loses her influence and spiritual power on earth. But when the church adheres to the great commission, She is a mighty force to be reckoned with under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I've been giving you a number of purposes each week. And this is a purpose of which we need to give a time and attention to. The purpose of the church is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8, there it is again, over and over, it's going to be the mantra scripture. But you shall receive power, dunamis power from where the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses when the Holy Ghost come upon you, when he anoints you, when he indwells you, anoints you, empower you, you will witness of me, to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's why we believe in world mission. That's why we believe in world evangelism. That's why I preach the gospel in many countries around the world, because this is an evangelistic gospel that has no bounds. The church is called to be faithful in sharing the gospel through word and deed. The church is commissioned by the Lord himself to be a witness for him. The church is to also make disciples for him. Once you witness to people, they come to Christ, then the next goal is to make disciples of those who have come to Christ through the evangelization of the gospel. 
Matthew 28, 19a says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You say all nations, what? Cuba, the islands, uh, South America, North America, Russia, Middle East, uh, Africa, New Zealand, everywhere. Make disciple of all nations. You see, you must first be born again before you can be made a disciple for Christ. You, you have to be born again. You have to be born into the kingdom before you can become a disciple. You say, what is a disciple? A disciple is a learner and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. With that being said, allow me to transition now. Why does Christ command us to be witnesses for him? The Lord's church is built on a firm foundation, and he said it would be. As imperfect as we are on this side of heaven, God will use us if we are willing to maintain the standards he has set before us. No matter what we face in this life, nothing can separate us from the love of God. God will never leave us or forsake us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Why does Christ command us to be witnesses for him? Number one, because witnessing is not an option. Jesus has, a, has instructed us to do so. Witnessing is, well, do you have a choice? No, you don't have a choice. We are mandated to witness. We have two great commissions. Now, one we, we say all the time we're, we're quite familiar with. But, but actually, there are two great commissions in Scripture. The two, what are the two? Matthew 28, 19 and 20, which says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What's the next great commission? Acts 1, 8 is a second great commission, which says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in the Lord Jesus Christ in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the end of the earth. We hear one commission all the time uh, in Matthew 28, 19, 20, but you don't hear anybody quoting Acts 1, 8, at least very few. As God's children, the Lord holds believers responsible for being witnesses for him and sharing the truth of scripture. Let me say that again. As God's children, you've been born again, then you're a child of God, and he holds us who are saved responsible for being witnesses for him and sharing the truth of salvation. Unsaved people are not empowered by the Spirit. Unsaved people are not equipped by the Holy Spirit to do the work of God on earth because they are not saved. Believers must be so passionate about witnessing for Christ that they are even willing to become martyrs for Christ. We're to be so passionate that we need to be willing to die for what we believe. I don't hear many amen, but it is the truth. In the New Testament, the Bible says that John the Baptist was beheaded. In the New Testament, it says Stephen was stoned to death. James was killed by the sword. Paul was beheaded. 
John was banished to the Isle of Patmos and Jesus himself was crucified on the cross for doing the will of his heavenly father. Beloved, you are not ready to live for Christ until you are willing to die for him. I say it again. You are not ready to live for Christ until you are willing to die for him. That lets me know that Jesus and his work is real because these there are personalities all through Holy Writ that were willing to die for God in the Old Testament and for the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Sadly, sadly, many Christians today, they leave the church. They, 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 go, they leave here mad. They leave here angry. Uh, sadly, they're believers, weak believers, anemic believers who leave here because their feelings got hurt. They leave the church because of conflict. They leave because of selfishness. They leave the church because of discontentment. They leave the church because they don't like the style of music. They leave the church not because they weren't selected to a certain position. Or they even leave the church because they couldn't receive hard truth that was preached from the pulpit. They want some sugary, sweet pie stuff. So they, you might as well go down the street because you're not going to get that here. Yeah, leave the church. And so, but, but do you love the church that you could follow the disciples and be like them and be willing to die? Oh, I remember so well back years ago when that little girl uh, uh, died. I was trying to think of the name of that school, Cullenbine. And she, uh, they told her to deny their faith, those shooters in there, and she would not deny her faith. Do y'all remember that? And she was killed because she refused to, to deny her faith. If you were in that situation, what would you have done? Bless her heart, she's in heaven, and you know how many people she's impacting even up to now. This little girl, surely a child shall lead them. She died for what she believed. And we leave here, people leave the church for any little thing. I don't, I don't feel right. Somebody looked at me cross-eyed. You know, and they're gone. Don't even let you know they're gone. They're, they're gone. Gone. Secondly, Christ commands the church to witness because the church grows numerically through the witness of believers. Christ commands the church to witness because the church grows numerically through the witness of believers. Acts 16, chapter 16, verse 5 says, So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. They were meeting daily, and we can barely get people to meet once a week for an hour, hour and a half. Barely. They were meeting daily. And, and the numbers were increasing. Numerical growth. I wonder about a church that's been existing for 20 years and still got five members. The church grows when Christians possess a good testimony for Christ before an unlooking world and aggressively share the gospel of Christ to lost sinners. Again, the church grows when Christians possess a good testimony for Christ before an onlooking world and aggressively share the gospel of Jesus Christ to lost sinners. When you get serious about witnessing for Christ, the church grows numerically. She grows. Thirdly, 
Believers are to witness because when lost sinners are converted to Christ, when lost sinners live holy and obey his word, they become restrainers of evil on earth because of being light and salt. I know you're writing, so I'll I'll reiterate it. Believers, thirdly, believers are to, to witness because when lost sinners are converted to Christ, live holy, and obey his word, they become restrainers of evil on earth because of being light and salt. You think the church does not have a purpose? Just remove all the Christians from this earth. You think it's bad now? You haven't seen anything uh, when all the believers are removed. I mean, look at what's going on as we are here. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light, the light of Christ, so shine before men, people, that that goes my way, men, men, people, humanity, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are children of light, which means we must shine in a dark and sinful world so that people can see Christ in us, the hope of glory. This also means we cannot be a recluse and just a little introvert uh, and live in isolation to the point that our light is hidden and effective in a dark world. A lawless society, and I believe you agree with me uh, today as we look around, this is a lawless society, and I don't have good news in that regard. It's not going to get better. I, I wish I had time to give you scriptures on that. That's giving people a false hope. It's going to grow worse. The scripture says, in the last days, perilous times will come. This is a lawless society. A lawless society needs to see light, the light of Christ in believers. Are you shining for Christ? Matthew 5.13 also says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. The church is to be the salt of the earth. We're the preservative. We're the flavor of the world, which is to be a preserving influence in the midst of a dark, corrupt world, pointing people toward our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are salt. We are a preserving influence to flavor this world with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fourthly, Christ requires us to be witnesses because we are his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors. He, he requires us to be witnesses because we are his ambassadors. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled, brought back in to right relationship to God. Beloved, we are ambassadors for Christ in a foreign land. This world is not our home. If if something is wrong with you, you're quite comfortable here. As a matter of fact, so comfortable that you don't want to leave. As believers, we should value being a Christian first. Let me say that again. As believers, we should value being a Christian first over priding ourselves with labels 
from secular organizations. Some of y'all scared to write that down because it's going to choke you. <laughs> Let me say it again. As believers, we should value being a Christian first. Say Christian first. Say it a little bit louder. Christian first. Say Christian foremost. Over priding ourselves with labels from our secular organization. We represent Christ in a world that is not our home. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. Are you excited about the Savior? Are you eagerly waiting for the Savior? Do you have a posture that you just can't wait till Jesus come? When you see all of what's happening around us, you ought to say, even so, come Lord Jesus. Philippians 3.20 says, for our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our citizenships are. That's where our spiritual papers are. In heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we're waiting on. We're not waiting on a politician. We're not waiting on a celebrity. We're waiting, eagerly waiting for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are not excited about his coming, you are mixed up and confused. Beloved, our citizenship is in heaven. And when we are finished with our divine assignment on earth, God will call us home. When was the last time you became homesick for your heavenly home to be with Jesus? God is our ever-present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoyed this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base.